Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Outcomes Rocket listeners, welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket. Really appreciate you tuning in. This is where we chat with today's most inspiring and successful healthcare leaders, and you're tuning in to yet another awesome show. Uh, If you like what you're hearing in the previous episodes or what you're about to hear now with my awesome guest, go to outcomesrocket.com slash reviews where you could go and that'll send you straight to our Apple Podcasts reviews where you could subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review. This is how we grow the show. This is how we get feedback to make it better so that it serves you, the listener. So without further ado, I want to welcome our guest. Her name is Dr. Stephanie Hartzell. She is the owner and founder of HeartCell and Associates, as well as a clinical assistant professor of psychiatry at Brown University. Dr. HeartCell, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And so one of the things that I really wanted to do, Dr. HeartCell, is dive into this topic of health as well as sort of mental health as being part of it, because a lot of times it gets left out of the equation. It does, or separated. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just like this different thing, but yet it's part of the whole. And so, you know, I want to dive into that in today's show, but I wanted to ask you first and foremost, what got you into medicine? That's a great question. I wanted to be a doctor ever since I was little and throughout school, I actually just kind of messed around, wasn't very serious and and was always told I was better at writing and speaking than I was at math and science, and I never knew any doctors, and so I figured being a doctor was completely out. And so floundered my way through high school, floundered my way through college, really graduated poorly, and uh, was working as an orderly in an emergency department. And I loved that, but even though it was, you know, it was really scrubby work, but I, I still loved it. And all of a sudden realized, oh, no, I want, to, I want to be a doctor, and then had to go back. And so I was working nights in the ER, and then eventually in the sleep disorders clinic while taking pre-medical classes. So that took me about four years and uh, wow. I actually got to do it and went to Northwestern University and it was a it was a real dream come true. So I was thrilled. I actually thought I wanted to be an emergency medicine doctor because that's what I knew. And then I figured out that what I loved about emergency was both the psych and the trauma. And I didn't want to be a trauma surgeon and everyone said all I talked about was psychiatry. And so I went ahead and became a psychiatrist. That's amazing. And it's so cool that you had this thought that you wanted to do it kind of pulled you away and then all of a sudden here you are in the ER and it's just calling you and calling you and you just had to answer. I did. It was kind of, it was funny because I had gotten home from a night shift and, and called my parent at seven in the morning and said, I'm going to go to medical school. And you know, my parents are great, but they had <laughs> a At 7 a.m., right? Yeah, they, they were like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> and so four years later, you know, like, you did it. <laughs> that is too that funny. And Dr. Hartzell, it's one of those things where it's like sometimes we don't choose medicine, it chooses us, right? Yes, I think so too. It's also a great way for me to connect with some of my patients and some of my more um, anxious kids and even adults who think that they make a misstep in anything, you know, get a B on a paper or, or anything else and they think suddenly their life is ruined and I can tell the story. Well, actually, yeah, <laughs> you know, I had a really dismal GPA and you can do anything if you, if you backtrack and, and work hard and gather your support, you, you really can use your community to get there. 
That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And what would you say, Dr. Hotzel, is a hot topic that should be on every medical leader's agenda today? And what are you guys uh, at your practice focused on and approaching? So I definitely think it's physician burnout. That is something that's all over. I think the general news, it's all over the medical news. We have an incredibly high suicide completion rate as physicians, mostly because we don't miss. Almost every physician knows the best, best I'm putting in quotes, but I think the most effective way to die. And I think there are a combination of factors that are going on, but I think that the fact that physicians are dying and they're doing it by their own hand is something that needs immediate attention. And I think it has so much to do with psychiatric health, mental health, and physical wellness. So what do you think is a good way to deal with it? Yeah, good question. <laughs> uh, so I think it's, you know, there's a combination of factors going on. Medical training is so long. You know, it's, it's four years of, of college if you do it once, which I did it twice. But if you do it once, it's four years of college, four years of medical school, at least three years of residency, although most of us, I did five, most people do between five and all the way up to I have people who've done 11 years. And they get out and suddenly they're in these situations where they aren't in charge of patient care. And I think that can be really devastating. And so the yes. person that is in charge of patient care or the system that's in charge of patient care has changed into this kind of big box medicine now. Hospitals are, are grabbing up private practices. They're becoming big conglomerations. They're becoming corporations. And if I want a giant box of cereal that will last me three months, I want to go to a big box store. If I want my child to be treated really well for something that's happened to him, I want to go to a physician who's not burned out and who's not being ruled and dictated by, I think, the business end of medicine. And I think that has, I think that's a real bait and switch for a lot of medical graduates and people who are mid-career because those are the people who are killing themselves at the highest rate. No, that's really interesting. And so you get through medical school, you get through residency, which could be very long. And then you, you start practice and you realize, oh my gosh, I am not in control. Right. I'm not in control and I'm not able to actually do what I wanted to do, which was treat patients well and actually care for them in a way that I think is even just Instead, you're often in clinic, you know, mandated to see four to six patients or more an hour. And so you're running from room to room. And I don't know how on earth patients are getting more and more complex. How on earth you are able to make any kind of patient connection. People are carrying loads of 2,000, 4,000 patients a year or more. And there's just no way to treat a human being and their medical complexities well that way. And I think doctors become just tired and burned out and really blunted about the whole thing. Yeah, it's it's definitely an issue. And, you know, I mean, you see it in there's physician bloggers out there. There's people just expressing their frustrations. And, and I do feel like there's this undertone of just, I've had enough. Yes, very much. Very exasperated. A lot of people retiring early. And so to answer your question about how do, how do we fix it, I think one really important way is to make room for physician leadership. So these hospitals and the conglomerations need to not just have a board of MBAs who are running the hospital. There needs to be physician leadership, but there needs to be time for physicians to be able to be leaders. Yes. And so that needs to be carved out. One of the reasons I have my own practice, we are a physician-owned and physician-run practice because we know how to treat patients. We're learning how to run the business end of things. And that's so right. that is, you know, that's a learning experience every single day. But I'd rather learn that than have people who understand how to run business tell me how to treat patients. And so I think that's one of the ways we could possibly improve this. I think we also need to start early in medical school in training physicians as to how to care for themselves, how to stand up for themselves, and how to make sure that they're not caught in the cycle and feel like they have an out. A lot of patients feel trapped. 
No, that's a really good point. And I do agree. It just having spoken to many physicians, physician leaders too, you know, just like, this is a hot topic. Yes. This is a really hot topic. And, and it doesn't just affect doctors. It affects it. You know, if you think about, it's a tragedy to lose a human being to suicide, but one physician dying and you've lost now that doctor for thousands of patients. And right. so they've lost their physician. And even if they only have 10 minute visits with her, or him, that's still a connection and that's still an important thing to them and they've lost it. So this impacts not just the physician community, the medical community, it impacts all of our patients as well. It sure does. Yeah, the domino effect is without a doubt very yeah. serious. Yeah. Can you give an example to the listeners, uh, Dr. Hertzell, of, of how you and your practice or any other things that you may be involved with have created some results by doing things differently? Sure. And I can even tell you about how I was stuck in the, in the big box medicine. After graduation, I took a job as a medical director of one of the pediatric site ERs here. It's, it sees one of the highest volumes in the country, surprisingly, of, of children in psychiatric crisis. Wow. And it was just, it was a setup, and, and it's like a, all, a many, many psych ERs where the system has suddenly been yearly, the patient load has increased. And so Hospitals, you know, do try their best. They try to cobble together teams to handle this, but it's clear that it's been cobbled together. And I think, you know, I was stuck in a position where I wanted to be a physician leader. I wanted to change the vision, but there was neither the resources nor the time. And in some cases, because it's mental health, not the interest, because mental health sometimes right. hurt for certain areas of even medicine still is scary. And so I had to leave that area and open my own practice. And there were two things that had stuck with me in, re in residency. You know, one was the thought that I would be able to care for patients in the way that I, I thought I could, and I learned later that that was not going to be possible in the system in which I was working. The second was physician had come in and told us about how it was really important that after all these years of training as a psychiatrist, and because there are so few of us in the country, that we had a real charge to not only treat our individual patients, but to also figure out a way to reach people across the country. That after seven years of training and this much investment, that we had to figure out a way to provide care to more people. And so I think what you're doing with this show is really critical. And so you are, are doing something that is kind of mandated that we do, which is reach people everywhere. And it's another thing that I've also tried to work on. And so in addition to the private practice where I can only kind of reach people one-on-one, -on -one, I'm hoping to be able to bring videos about how to do some self-care for physicians and patients and be able to reach more people that way because there just aren't enough of us. And right. we need to be able to figure out a way to reach more people. That's outstanding. And kudos to you, Dr. Hartzell, for saying, you know what, I want to make a bigger impact and I'm going to find a way to multiply myself and give these people that are looking for solutions, for answers, those answers and solutions. I'm hoping so. I really am because <laughs> it's hard anyway to get in with a doctor, regardless of where you are in the country, to get in with a psychiatrist or a child psychiatrist across the country is almost impossible. Wow. And I want to make that more accessible to people. That's amazing. And, and so I really admire you for making that effort, you know, outside of all the things that you already have going on to say, you know what, I want to do something because this is my calling. Without a doubt, it is your calling. And I'm excited to see what, what you put out there. Thank you. 
I'm hoping it will be great. We're, I'm working on both, first of all, how to get physicians to kind of maybe step away from the larger big box medicine and, and produce their own practice that's driven by themselves, because I think those practices are being eaten up. Pamela Weibel is someone who's a real leader and innovator in this area. I don't know her personally. I've exchanged some emails with her, but she talks about general medicine and how to escape your general uh, physician and, and open up your own practice for very little money and be able to treat patients the way you want to. I think she's another wonderful physician leader you might look into. But I think that it's really important. And then secondly, some of the videos I'd, I'd like to create are on sleep, insomnia. I think that affects so many people. And so for patients to be able to work on their own sleep and work on their own anxieties and that kind of thing, that's where I'm aiming. We'll see. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. No, this is, this is truly exciting. And it's so interesting because we went from an environment where physicians did, you know, they got out of medicine, they hung their shingle and they practiced medicine and they took care of their patients. They did home visits, which I get to do, but yeah, yeah. they were traditional old, old school doctors. And there's no reason why if that's what you want to do, you can't. It's true. I think we're very indoctrinated, kind of a funny word, but um, <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you we have to depend on these huge hospital systems. And I think, you know, in certain in certain specialties you do, in orthopedics and things like that, you have to have an OR, you have to be in these large systems. But I think for the other general medicine specialties, I think you can be in a system that's affordable for patients and you can create the kind of practice that helps you live a life that's worthwhile and helps your patients really get better. And that's been the most absolutely rewarding thing that I've, that I've seen in the last three years in this practice, is watching people get better and actually be able to not have to be in weekly therapy if they didn't need it anymore. It's really great. No, that's really interesting. I, and I agree. And, and if you're a physician uh, listening to this interview and you're just thinking to yourself, wow, she's so right. Why don't you think a little bit more about what you want to do and collaborate? Definitely the people that come on the show, like Dr. Hartzell, are looking to collaborate with other like-minded individuals. We're dealing with big issues here and the more common-minded people that we can get together to deal with them, the better. Wouldn't you agree, Dr. Hartzell? I absolutely agree. And I'm, I'm happy to talk to anybody who has great ideas about this because I think it's so important. Absolutely. So you shared with us some, some really cool things. Now let's take a look at the other side of the coin here. Can you share a time with the listeners when you've had a setback and something that you learned from that setback? Sure. So when I came straight out and, and was, I just graduated from residency and was uh, hired as the medical director, I think I came into that system kind of guns blazing and had been trained for adult residency at Bellevue Hospital. And for those who are not in New York, and I grew up in California, I didn't know what Bellevue Hospital was. And a lot of people mm -hmm. I think who are older do, but it's one of the biggest psychiatric hospitals in the country. It's the oldest psychiatric hospital in the country and has hundreds of psychiatric beds and basically treats, I think, the most ill patients in the country, if not the world. So it's the place I chose to train. It self-selects, but I, I love that place still. And it is a place where you, you kind of have to fight to get what you need. And I came, I think, into the Brown system still with that attitude. And mm -hmm. I think that coming into a medical director position, it is still middle management. And I think I came into meetings and the system's kind of guns blazing. Why can't we change this? What's going on? I think now I would have tried to work with the system a little more, even though it would have really been frustrating for me because it moves so slowly. But I think I could have made better change if I had been more patient in the system. And so if I'd continued in that position or if I, I someday consult in that position again, I think I would be watching carefully as to how I approach the system and, and being a little more empathetic and listening more 
And I think talking less, I think I really came out knowing what I wanted to do and not mm-hmm. listening to anybody else. And I think that's a, that's a real problem. <laughs> so I did well, learn that. That is really interesting, you know, because across the country, I mean, it's not one size fits all, right? Every, every system is going to be different. Right. So what advice would you give to somebody leaving one system and going to another on how to make big impact and get what they need? I think for the first year that you, if you leave a system and you go into another system, I think for the first year, if you can head down and listen and also make sure, put your oxygen mask on yourself first. That's always my message to everyone is, is you can't help anybody else if you are burned out, tired and can't do it yourself. So mm-hmm. head down, listen and just go with the flow for the first year and then start to see and start to make connections with people that you see are moving the needle. And then start to have the conversations and listen more than you're talking. And that's what I didn't do. And I think now I understand that a little bit better. But first, put your oxygen mask on yourself while you're in that system and figure out how to survive in the system and then start to move the needle. I love it. And listeners, put your oxygen mask on first. Because if your tank is empty, there's no way you're going to be able to give. There's just no way. You can't. And it's the last thing that goes with most people is work. And for physicians especially, it's the last thing that goes. Everything else in their lives will fall apart. Their families, their health. But work will go last, but you'll notice it because they will stop caring about what's going on. They'll become more brusque and more impatient with everything that's happening around them. Yeah, that's such a great message. Really great message. And so what would you say, Dr. Hartzell, is is one of your proudest medical leadership experiences to date? So in June, I was awarded the Dean's Excellence in Teaching Award for teaching the medical students. And ah, congratulations. That was amazing just because it, it's an amazing award to get. But also my mother was a teacher and I remember oh, watching so cool. her in the classroom and thinking, oh my goodness, she works hard. I'm not doing a job this hard. I'm becoming a doctor. And I'm not kidding about that. I really, really, to this day, I watch teachers and, and I, have, I have teachers with patients and friends and I, they work so hard. And in residency, I had a wonderful resident mentor. Her name's Grace Hennessy. She's at the Manhattan VA, Dr. Mm-hmm. Grace Hennessy. And she made me lead a a group on sleep at the VA with a group of addicted men. It was an incredibly uh, squirrely group and it was so (laughs) difficult. And I remember trying to do it and and coming to Dr. Hennessy and saying, I just felt like that went horribly. And she said, no, I need to keep it up. I need to teach. So the fact that the Brown students had awarded, they were the ones who voted for that award and had given me that award was was actually the proudest moment I've had in in my medical career. Besides getting into medical school, that was amazing. But this was... (laughs) I was just, I was just so proud of and so, so happy about. Yeah. You know, and congratulations on that. And, and, you know, many of us in, in, you know, leadership positions in medicine oftentimes forget that, Hey, we didn't get here alone. We had teachers and we're standing on the shoulders of those that got us here. And so I think you bring up such a great point and thank a teacher today. If you haven't thanked your professor from 10 years ago or 20 years ago, if you're listening to this episode, just send an email to one of your previous teachers that made a difference in your life. I so agree. I think about the fact that I took some of my classes at the community college in Bend, Oregon, some of my pre-med classes, and two of the best teachers I had were my physics professor and my organic uh, chemistry professor there, and they were amazing, and I've had so many mentors who helped, and I agree. It's a great idea. Yeah, and what happens is it takes you back, and it puts your roots back down, and it makes you understand what your DNA is. It does. You're here because of them. So thank them. And Dr. Hartzell, thank you for that because I'm going to do it as well as soon as our interview's over. <laughs> I am too. Um, I, I am going to go write to Dr. Bruce Emerson uh, and, and tell him 
thank you again. Because, I love yeah. it. I yeah. love it. I think that's great. So listeners, be sure to do that as well. You know, great things and really great outcomes can often start with gratitude. And so yeah. it's an awesome thing. Let's all do it. So Dr. Hartzell, tell us a little bit more about an exciting project or focus that you're working on today. Sure. I have a great friend now, um, Yuri Hamkawa, who emailed me a few years ago and had said that she was putting together some websites about therapists. And at first I was really suspicious. And she said, well, uh, Brown <laughs> recommended you. And I said, okay, uh, well, you know, we can have a conversation. And I realized what she was doing was something that had not been done so needed and it was it was this idea that it was you know recommendations and a vetted system of excellent therapists and psychiatrists and she created this thing called Ben Care and I'm so lucky to be a part of it. I'm now the medical advisor, I'm unpaid. I do it because I just believe in it. And so what we do is we um, you know she interviews the potential therapists. She does this great job of taking headshots and videos of the therapists and I look through the interviews and, and often speak to the, the potential therapists and physicians and their practitioners. And we make sure that we're, we're creating a space where people can reliably find someone and make a connection because it is so hard to reach out for help anyway. And so I think if you can see a video of someone who has been vetted by several people and at least you know, makes a, a certain level of, of high excellence and you can see a video where you think, okay, I think I can make a connection with this person, that's the most critical thing in therapy and in mental wellness in general. And so she has just done an amazing thing. And I, I, every time I present it to people or I talk about it in different cities, I go down to DC for meetings and yes. <laughs> everyone says, when, when is this coming to DC? When is this coming to New York? When is this coming to Vermont? When is it coming to Chicago? So Yeah. And so. Dr. Hartzell, so I, I had the chance to meet with Yuri here on the show as well. Right. And yes. he was just a wonderful person to speak with and, and has a strong vision. We said, you know what? You have the, not the Uber, but the Lyft of mental health. She does. She yeah. really, really does, I think. And I think she has a concept that can really be expanded to all kinds of areas in medicine and generally, but she really, this has been such an important thing in, in her own personal journey and her honesty in that and, and why she brought to life this project, I think. And it's really taken off and I'm just I'm so proud of her and I'm so proud to be a part of that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's it's super exciting. And for the listeners, if you haven't taken a listen to that podcast, go to outcomesrocket.com slash Yuri. That's Y-U-R-I. And you'll be able to, to hear our conversation with her and the cool things that Dr. Hartzell and Yuri are working on uh, through ZenCare. So Dr. Hartzell, let's pretend that you and I are building a medical leadership course on what it takes to be successful in medicine today. It's the yes. 101 course or the ABCs of Dr. Stephanie Hartzell. And okay. So we're going to build a, a syllabus here, four questions, lightning round, and then we're going to finish with a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So what would you say the best way to improve healthcare outcomes is? I think take care of your providers first. So making sure that they know how to put their oxygen masks on themselves. What is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? I think branding medicine as conglomerates. Medicine is not a cog in any kind of machine. We're not a treadmill. Make sure that you are looking at this. This is not a system to imitate any other kind of corporation. We are treating human beings. And that has to be priority number one all the time. And your employees are also human beings. They also have to be well enough to care for others. That's a strong message. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? 
I think you really do need to keep up with what's going on. I think there's a certain amount of, of social media and news that can blow over in terms of putting your own oxygen mask on. I think you have to take that in small trips, but you do need to make sure that you have your finger on the pulse of what's going on because things are changing so quickly that I think you can, just even in a half an hour, understand what the trends are right now. So I think it's important to stay relevant in that way. What is one area of focus that should drive all else in your organization? Always, always, always patience first. Always. That is, of course, the caveat that you are yourself are healthy, but then it is making sure that whatever you're doing has the patient in mind and not the bottom line, and things will fall into place from there. Love it. And what book would you recommend to our listeners, Dr. Hartzell? This year, I read Getting Things Done by David Allen, and I really enjoyed it. It really talks about prioritizing, and I think it's so important in this day and age where everything else is static. That's wonderful. And so to the listeners, everything that we've talked about here, all of the pearls of wisdom that Dr. Hartzell has shared, the book, her website, the things that she's up to, the show notes, you could find those at outcomesrocket.com slash Hartzell. That's H-A-R-T-S-E-L-L-E. So don't worry about writing them down. You could just go ahead and check it out online. So before we conclude, Dr. Hartzell, I'd like to just ask you to share one closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could get a hold of you. Sure. So I think my closing thought would be toward medical providers. So that's anybody in medicine, physicians, nurse practitioners, nurses, CNAs, anybody who's providing healthcare to others. If you are burned out, if you are struggling, and if you feel like you have nowhere to turn, please know that more than anything, we need you as a human being. We need you as in your role, but we need you as a human being. And there are places to turn. And if you are desperate and if things are not going right and you feel like you have nowhere to go, my cell phone is on my website. I am not kidding. It's on <laughs> and it's on there all the time and it's with me all the time. Call. And we will try to figure something out. Please do not believe that you have nowhere else to turn. That's such a wonderful message, Dr. Hartzell. And, and the listeners, just know, you know you're, you're definitely not alone. And yes. if you do find yourself in that place, and you can't reach your oxygen mask, you just can't do it on your own, go to outcomesrocket.com slash Hartzell and you'll find the best way to get a hold of Dr. Hartzell there if you need her. Absolutely. Doctor, thank you so much for spending time today. It's been so much fun and uh, really looking forward to seeing the, the awesome things that you do with the videos. Thank you. I'm, I was really excited to be here today. I really am appreciative that you would interview me. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more. 